Amen. Give that to the Lord tonight. Amen. He's worthy. He's worthy. He's worthy. Let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank the Lord. I uh, anticipated that the service had done run away with us tonight. Amen. And my dad has a little saying at home. When church gets going too crazy, he'll say, once God has had his way, anything else we do after that is an insult to him. So I'm trusting that there's a little more in this tonight. Amen. Because I can't preach without him. I can't do anything without him. My God of mercy, I feel him in this house tonight. This isn't what I've got to preach, but David went to Goliath. And this is what was happening here tonight. Goliath said, I come to you with a sword and a shield. David's response was, but I come to you in the name of the Lord. I don't just want to have him with me. I want to have him in me. That makes all the difference in the world. Amen. I don't just want him walking beside me, but I want something down inside of me. That when I come against my giant, I can bring him down, not because of what's with me. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God, through the pulling down of strongholds. My, 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 amen. Amen, amen. It feels good tonight already. In the house of the Lord, I give honor to your pastor. And he, he took a chance on me tonight, amen. He invited me to come and be with you precious people, and I am honored to have the invitation and to be able to speak especially to the young people tonight. And I'm glad to have our adults with us. Amen, I think this is wonderful. I think that you're doing something great for our youth. We believe in young people. I was raised in a church that believes in young people, believes in Christian education. We have so much in common, and I believe that God is going to give us a great revival. Amen. I'm as excited when one of ours gets the Holy Ghost as I am when someone comes off the street and gets the Holy Ghost. The Bible says, train up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart. Catholics used to say if they could have their kids till they were seven years of age, they would never lose them. They put it in them so hard with the moats. I don't know how they do it now, but I want us to get it in our young people. 
with the pressures that they face in the world, there's got to be something down inside of them. A moral compass that keeps ringing true. I know where to go. If they ever wander away, I know this isn't right. God, I was preaching last night and there was a lady that came in the church. I do not know her. The pastor had preached and she heard him. I think he said it was 40 years ago. He was preaching somewhere and she heard him. I don't know the connection through the years. She traveled here from, I believe it was in Louisiana. She was at that church and she said, I just had to go somewhere where I could see if it was still alive like it was 40 years ago when I left it. She said, I went to a bunch of churches here and there. I didn't feel it. I just wanted to know. You know what we need to be? We need to be the church that stands strong. If ever, if ever the world needed something that was not shaking and not moving and not shifting, they need the church. Amen. There's so much in the world that's fluctuating and changing. You can't even keep up with it. There's something in the church that that beat beat of the drum methodical truth will go on he's gonna have a church he's gonna have a bride I want to be a part of that bride amen well glory I'm meddling tonight amen I give honor to you pastor Motes. thank you brother Eddie for all that you did to help us I appreciate your efforts in getting me to be here and all the accommodations everything has been first class and um, you have a wonderful pastor why don't you give your pastor a hand clap tonight amen amen I don't know if your wife is here or not but she's with her mommy and they had a little incident today but his wife and family I give honor to them amen the Bible says give honor to whom honor is due and I believe that the ministry that work and pray over this church, revival in this community. Amen. I give honor today to my bishop and pastor and my beautiful wife. I'm thankful for them in my life and their influence. Amen. Amen. I won't talk much tonight because I believe that we've already had good church, but if there is something left in you, I do have a few things tonight that I'll try to leave with you. I will try to be fast. Because I know the hot dogs are already cooking. Praise God. But uh, as I was traveling up the road today, the presence of the Lord came in that vehicle. And I trust that we can leave with something in our spirit. A handle on our salvation to hold on to. Amen. Amen. I believe it tonight. Thank the Lord. If you have your Bibles, I'd invite you to turn with me to the book of Daniel. Chapter number 1 and verse number 1. Amen. Daniel chapter 1 and 1. Thank the Lord. I've been in Belize for four years as of January or July the 4th, 1st. I don't know, 1st of July. We'll be four years. My wife and I, five beautiful children that God has blessed us with, moved to the country of Belize in 2019. 
God has been good to us. We're honored to be there and play a part for the kingdom of God. I love it. My wife loves it. We love working for God there and uh, seeing what God's doing. I don't know if we have any Spanish speakers here tonight, but we're trying to learn Spanish. Someday maybe I can see somebody patting. Amen. Gloria a Dios. Hallelujah. I believe that God has got great things for the Spanish-speaking community, and I want to see him do it. Belize is an English-speaking country, actually, ironically enough, the only one in Central America. Uh, but we have a lot of Hondurans, Guatemalans, Mexicans that are there. So there's a lot of Spanish as well. But the official language is English. But we translate because we have some people in our church that cannot speak English, and we have some that can't speak Spanish. So we have to translate all our services, but it's, it's fun. We're having a great time. Your pastor's going to come, hopefully, if I do good enough tonight, I guess, as, as the wager, that he'll come and see me. But uh, I love, I love your, your pastor. I love his spirit. I love his spirit. I love it when you can connect with somebody. It doesn't have to be words. It's not just pats on the back, but when your spirit bear witnesses with their spirit. Amen. I do want to talk to the young people tonight. Are you ready to preach with me, young people? Now, I heard the adults. I heard the adults. Are you ready to preach with me, young people? Amen. In the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, the king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem, and he besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into his hand with part of the vessels of the house of God which he carried into the land of Shinar to the house of his God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, that he should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed and of the princes. Notice this verse. Children in whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom. And cunning in knowledge and understanding science. And such as had ability in them to stand in the king's palace. And whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. I believe that we have a duty tonight to train our children in such a way that they can be prepared to stand in king's palaces. No blemish. Wisdom. Knowledge. Understanding science. The king appointed them a daily, verse number five, a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank, so nourishing them three years that at the end thereof they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the eunuchs gave names, for he gave unto Daniel the name of Belteshazzar, and unto Hananiah of Shadrach, and to Mishael of Meshach, and Azariah of Abednego. But Daniel... And we say this together. I don't know if you can read it up there or not. But Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile 
God. No. Himself. With a portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the prince of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now God had brought Daniel into favor and tender love with the prince of the eunuchs. I will not read any further than that. Thank you for standing. Why don't we just lift our voice before you're seated and ask that God would be with us in this house. In your name, Jesus. be 45 minutes tonight we can get this in 15 minutes if you want to amen 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 you can be seated tonight as long as you will still preach with me but I believe that there is a call and a need tonight for people for young people that are willing and ready to be able to serve for the kingdom of God as I was reading this portion of scripture I noticed something. What would you say about Daniel? What do we teach our Sunday school children about Daniel? Daniel? Thank you. Somebody's willing to help me a little bit tonight. Daniel in the lion's den. But I didn't come to preach to you tonight about Daniel in the lion's den. If we can just for a few minutes tonight. I want to talk to us about a purpose In our heart tonight. Daniel would have never gotten to the lion's den. If Daniel hadn't had a purpose in his heart. Daniel would have never made it to the lion's den in Babylon. If there wouldn't have been something inside of him in Jerusalem. That said, hey, I don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know what I'm going to do. Boys, you don't have to have a Bible and a pulpit. Girls, you don't have to have a mic and a music stand. There needs to be something inside of you. Long before you get to Babylon, something inside of you that catches the attention of the world. Uh, I'm not sure if you got that. Can I come off the platform? Is that okay? Something inside of you that catches the attention of the world. Not the attention of your pastor. The king said, you go get some men that don't have blemish. They're wise. They're trained. They know how to handle themselves. This wasn't an apostolic king. This wasn't a king that had the Holy Ghost. This wasn't a king that wanted what was best for them. This was a king that wanted what was best for him. He said, you go get the best out of that youth group and you bring them to me. Talking about Daniel in the lion's den, let's talk about Daniel in Jerusalem. There was something in his heart. 
that said, I'm going to come to the church. I'm going to find a place to pray. I'm going to have a relationship with God. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to sing in the shower if I have to. I'm going to do whatever I've got to do to be able to catch the attention of God. I don't believe, well, I don't believe that Daniel was trying to do this to get a position in Babylon. I don't believe Daniel was trying to do this to get the attention of his God. I believe there was just something inside of him that he looked around at his world and said, I'm not going to let this move me. I'm not going to let this determine my destiny. He purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 21 says, You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of devils. You cannot be partakers of the Lord's table and the table of devils. This isn't just a Friday night religion. This isn't just a Sunday morning religion. There's got to be something that gets inside of us. School's out. Pastor's not here. And we're on summer vacation. But there's got to be something pounding on the inside of you. I will not defile myself. I'm not going to defile myself. I've got some standards myself. I don't have time to get in that. Maybe we'll get there before the weekend is over. But you need to have something in yourself. When we preach, Pastor Motes, we really set the bare minimums. There needs to be something inside of you that says, I'm not going to do it. I don't care if the rest of the youth group is doing it. I'm not going there. I don't care if my family's doing it. I don't care if my friends are doing it. I'm not going to defile myself. I'm not going to defile myself. I've got more standards than that. I'm a child of God. I can't partake of two different things. He said, can you bring sweet water and bitter water of the same well? These two things can't happen. You can't serve two masters. You're going to love one and you're going to hate the other. There's got to be something inside of you. Daniel may have been under the rule of a different king, but he was still serving the king of kings and the Lord of lords. God, my God, my God, my God. Daniel went to Jerusalem. He went there, I believe, that Daniel's pastor wasn't worried about him. I believe he knew that. He had it in him. Amen. I hope he did. I hope there's young people that this pastor says that they, they don't keep, they may do some things, but they don't keep me awake at night. They've got something inside of them. They've got a determination inside of them. They've got a relationship with God. 
I was using an example one night in youth service. Excuse me, that went down the wrong pipe. I went to one of our young men. And as an example, I was saying, you know, you better be careful how you speak about your man of God. I, I said, for instance, if I said to Brother Jonathan here, you know, you need to get your hair fixed a little bit. It's not, it's not how we do things. We want to be respectable. We're, we're called out. We're separated. We're a peculiar people. We're a royal priesthood. We're not just anybody. We are supposed to look different. than. I'm not the pastor. I'm sorry. Let me go back to preaching. <laughs> Amen. We're supposed to be different than the world. So I was just using, I said, and if I say this to you, Brother Jonathan, and you go, I just don't see anything wrong with it. I don't know. And when I got done, I said, that shouldn't be our response. We better be careful. And before I got my hand off his shoulder and walked away from him, Pastor Motes, he looked at me in front of that youth group and he said, is my hair okay, Pastor? That's a young man that's made his mind up. I'm not going to defile myself. I wasn't trying to give him a message. His hair was okay. But there was something inside of him that said, hey, I just want to make sure. It doesn't matter if I got to ask you in front of the whole youth group. Am I okay, pastor? Is this Okay. You know what we need? We need young people that are able to go to work this summer and hold a job and be an example to hot, hot springs and be an example wherever you are. If it's serving hamburgers at McDonald's, let them know that you may be there, but you serve a different king. You march to a different beat. this world I'm passing through this heaven this place is not my home that's somewhere beyond the blue come on young people get a purpose in your heart don't wait till you're in the lion's den to learn how to pray don't wait till you're in the lion's den to get a relationship with God don't wait till you're in the lion's den to get your bible out and say God Speak to me. No, don't wait. Don't wait. Let there be something inside of you. At this age, he was a young man. It'd be one thing for me to be able to look at. Well, I don't want to pick an old man. Somebody that's 30 that's supposed to be stable. Supposed to be set in their ways. Had a little bit. The Bible says he was a young man. He was young. He, he, we don't even know. He might have been a teenager for all. He was young. He, he, he didn't have 40 years under his belt. But there was something in him. And as I've, as I've studied this a little bit, and, and, and this is open for opinion, but from what I can find from scholars, is when Daniel asked to not eat the meat and defile himself with what he was eating, far as I can tell, there was no reason why he couldn't have eaten the meat. One of the opinions is that possibly they did in foreign cultures sometimes offer it before their idols before giving it to them. And therefore, it could have been defiled because of this. But 
we really do not even know this for sure, but there was something inside of Daniel that said, I'm not taking any chances. I've got something in my spirit. I'm not turning back. I'm not walking away. I'm not going to participate of the things of the world. There's something different about me. You can change my name, but you're not going to change my nature. I said, you can change my name, but you're not going to change my nature. I'm still Daniel. I still know how to pray. I still have a relationship with God. He was in captivity. But as, as captive as he was, he was right in his soul and in his spirit. Can I say it this way? Daniel was a slave to Babylon, perhaps. But he was as free in Babylon as he was in Jerusalem. Oh, no, he couldn't go, and he couldn't visit, and he couldn't do this, and he couldn't do that, and whatever, maybe that's fine. I understand all that. But in his spirit, there was something inside of him. Like old Paul and Silas in the middle of the night. I know blood's dripping down our back, buddy. Come on, let's sing. There was no guitar, there was no piano, there was no music, there was no praise team. There was change and bondage, but they had something down inside of them. I may be in Babylon, but you ain't changing who I am. You may put me in chains, but you can't lock up my spirit. I'm free. I'm still free because I got something in my heart. That sets me apart from everybody else. Daniel was a youth, perhaps a captive, maybe even only a student. But he had decided that what he did in his life in years later would affect him and the, the direction that he was on for his life. Daniel wouldn't have been there if there wasn't something inside of him that caught the attention of the world. I believe that our young people need to be smart. I believe they need to be educated. I believe all these things, but I believe more than anything, more than anything, they need to have something down inside of them. Pounding. God, I want to be in your will. It doesn't matter where I am. Five years ago, actually, let's say it this way. Uh, Yeah, I can say four years ago in a month, I didn't know I was going to be in Belize. There's a song that says that everything can change in the ringing of a phone. That's what happened. I had preached, if I can just give you a little bit of my story. I have five kids. You don't just move a family of seven across the country. My brother had come home from preaching away, my pastor, my brother Daniel McKillop. And the end of April of 2019, and he said, yeah, I was talking to so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so and seeing if they had anybody because we had this mission work that we knew was needing somebody to go and be and do. And 
There was really nobody permanently there. It was just a matter of time that something was going to happen. And you may be able to ask somebody to go down the road 100 miles. But when you ask them to move, you know, 7,000 or whatever it is across, it's a little different story. And I had to preach that Sunday morning. He was traveling. And God laid something on me. And I preached the consensus of the next generation. What's our opinion? Joshua taking a poll before they go in. What are we going to do? Feeling a, what's the consensus of the next generation? And I preached that and I said, and I didn't even remember it until somebody brought it to my attention after. I said, we need to have the missionary that goes to Belize to come out of this church. It doesn't need to come from somewhere else. Because he had talked to these different pastors. You got somebody? Little did I know that a month later, I would get a phone call. My brother said, hey, bro, can you and your wife come over tomorrow and talk to me? I said, sure. I didn't know. I had been traveling that weekend. I was at a conference and come back. And he said, man, I need you to go to Belize. Can you go this weekend? This was Tuesday. I bought a ticket. On Thursday, I was headed to Belize. Myself, all my wife packed. I said, how long can you go? I said, well, let's do it. Three months. Summer's almost here. Our kids can go. And that fast. She packed while I was gone. I came home for a few days. We packed. Went back down in July. And the rest is history, I guess. And there's a lot of history there. But just in a moment, life was changed forever. From that moment on, I never lived back in my house. I never got to pack it up. COVID came and we couldn't get back to Canada, so... My family and friends packed my house up, put my stuff in storage for me while I was in Belize. But there was something inside of us, a purpose in my heart. God, I want to be ready for wherever God wants me to go. I didn't have time to get a relationship with God, Pastor Mopes. It was too late. I either had it or I didn't have it. But I wasn't looking for this. I wasn't looking for the position. I wasn't looking for the trip to Babylon. But in Jerusalem, there was something. Young people, I believe you can get it in your spirit tonight. God. Daniel! You wouldn't have been able to stand up to the request of the king of Babylon. If you had bowed to everything you wanted while you was in Jerusalem. If everything that came your way, you just bowed to it. Oh, I'll take that. And I'll take this. And I'll take. No, but there was something different inside of him. If he'd have been bowing to every little thing that walked by him in Jerusalem, there wouldn't have been something that gave him a backbone to stand up in Babylon to say, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. God, let us have a church full of young people that say I'm really I'm ready and I'm willing I understand this is only your second youth service but I believe this and this can set the stage for what God wants to do you got a building up the road here not too far away we need to have revival in hot springs there needs to be somebody that says hey I want to set my world upside down I'm going to set my neighborhood upside down God use me for your kingdom. Use me for your glory. 
Daniel found favor with God, and as a result, he found favor with man. And his favor with God took him above and beyond the base elements that normally would have held him back. This scripture became very real to us this year as I taught Bible class to our young men, and I had them memorize it. And we've referenced it several times throughout the year. Luke 2.52. And Jesus increased in wisdom in stature and in favor with God and with man. There was something in Daniel. He was without blemish. There was nothing in him. You can read your Bible and you can see where Moses failed. You can see where Jonah failed. You can see where David failed. You can see... You can go down through, really, any, anybody that did anything great in the kingdom of God. But we don't see anything negative about Daniel. And when they wanted to get him, the only thing they could get him on was his relationship with God. You see, the only way we can catch this man is say, okay, if you pray, then that's, why, that's where you're going. That's why Daniel was in the lion's den. Because they couldn't find anything else in him. There was no... There was no blemish in him. Even in Babylon, there was no blemish in him. And they didn't like it. And they said, what are we going to do to get rid of him and get him out of this place? And Well, the only thing we can do is you can't pray to that God. If you pray to that God, then you're going in that lion's den. And Daniel says, oh, oh you done crossed the line there, baby. I am praying to that God. That's why I'm in Babylon in the first place. I believe that God can get something down inside of you tonight that sets your world on fire. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. But as I was traveling up the road today, I believe that our obedience to the word of God and our obedience to the man of God is something that's very, 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 very instrumental in our relationship with God. Our response to the word of God, our response to the anointing. Cain, where is your brother Abel? Cain had an opportunity, and I I won't get into it all because I, I don't have time to bog down here, but... Really, it wasn't Cain's act of murder that determined him. It was response to the word of God that led him to do what he did. And then the murder of his brother ultimately laid the curse. But God spoke to him. He said, sin lieth at the door, Cain. Your destiny is there. You have an opportunity. I don't know, maybe I'm off track, Brother Motes. I didn't have time to even really dig into it. But as I was driving up the road, Cain was upset because God did not accept his sacrifice or his offering. I don't want to meddle there, but he brought the fruit of the ground. We can read that the fruit of the ground was accepted as offerings to God. But it wasn't the same as a blood sacrifice say well we don't know that till later well we do know that because in the garden God slew an animal there was blood and he had to dress Adam and Eve because Adam and Eve when they realized that they were naked they went to something that the world always goes to they went to fig leaves or some kind of leave and they covered themselves 
I just want you to know something. When you step out of the alignment of God, that moment is the best it'll ever get because you've cut it and it immediately begins to deteriorate. The longevity of those leaves was only days, maybe at best. And they would have been back in the same situation and God come, killed some animals, gave them a coat of something that was more, had to take blood. Cain was there. Abel's sacrifice had blood. I don't know. This is, this is just what began to roll over in my spirit as I was coming up the road this afternoon. God, I don't want my relationship to be shallow. I don't know if that's okay to say that about Cain's sacrifice, but maybe it didn't cost him as much as it did Abel. Fruit of the ground, maybe, I don't know. We, we, we don't know all the details here, but we just know that that stirred Cain up. And I believe that when we come to church, there's nothing wrong with dancing and shouting and praising God. And I love to do it, and I love what happened in this house tonight. But I believe that tonight, maybe before this service is over, and I know we've already been going for an hour and a half plus, but maybe before it's over, one young person can go beyond the fruit of the ground and get to where there's some blood involved. I don't know. Maybe you can yank my coat if I'm wrong. But David, when he was in a mess, said, create in me a new heart, oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Just a little dance on Friday night's not going to cut it, maybe. But there's got to be something that gets down inside of you like Jesus in the garden and said, God, if you be willing, let this cup pass for me. And the Bible said he sweat as it were great drops of blood. What do I like to happen? You can call the music up here tonight. I'd like to see something take place tonight in this house. Maybe if we can just gather around here as young people for a few minutes and Jesus begin to pray. And sweat as it were, there was some blood that was shed perhaps. Even at that moment, it cost him something. And then there was something that took place. Young people, hear me tonight. There was a transfer of wills that took place. And in that moment, Cain... Didn't have a transfer of will because he didn't have any blood. There wasn't enough there. When Jesus prayed, if, if it's possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, oh, that's the door that the hinge of your life swings on. Not my will, but yours be done. cost him something young person it cost him his own will are you willing tonight I know we've already had church but are you willing tonight and I love to dance and shout please don't take that I believe that the Holy Ghost was in this house tonight God was in this place this is not what I'm saying but if there's just a little different there can be something I can come and dance and shout but there's times brother Moats that I've got to get my face in the carpet I've got to get my head under a pew 
I've got to push back the plate for a few days. I've got to get off social media. I've got to turn everything off in my life. I've got to get my face in the word of God. And I've got to say, God, I want to get this sacrifice beyond. I want to get it down inside of me that says, nevertheless, not my will, not what I want, not what I hope, not what I dream, not my purpose, but your purpose, not my vision, but your vision. Get it in me, Jesus. Get it in them, Jesus. Get it in these young people. Lift your voice across this house. Lift your voice if you will. God, I want to be obedient to you. want to be obedient to your word. You can say, I don't have any sacrifice to bring. Well, you know what? The prophet told Saul, Saul was to go and destroy and not bring anything back. And Samuel walked in and said, what is this bleeding of sheep that I hear in my ears? What is going on here? And Saul says, oh, we wanted to bring this as a sacrifice to God. You know what the best sacrifice you can bring to God is, young people? Obedience to your man of God. Oh, we want to give it to God. He said, "Uh uh-uh. No, 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 no. Is not obedience better than sacrifice? Tonight, as we lift our voice all across this house, God help us. Without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. God, let there be a transfer of my will to your will tonight. God, I don't want to hold my peace. Lift your voice, young people. Lift your voice. I don't want to hold my peace tonight. It's going to cost me something. This church is here because your pastor. What do we say? Put blood, sweat, and tears into it. That's why it's here. Let there be a circumcision of your heart tonight. Let there be a cutting away of your will. Tonight. God, I need you tonight more than ever. I'm not trying to get around it. I'm not trying anything different. I don't want a different approach or a different opinion. Let there be a separation. Let there be a cutting away of the works of the flesh. Let there be a brightness of the Spirit of God. Yes! Set them free tonight, God. Put a new heart in them tonight. Renew a right spirit in them tonight. If there's anything, God. Before Babylon. Before Babylon. Let there be something inside of me. Oh, yes, yes. Use me, Jesus. Oh, 
Oh, hallelujah. Yes, yes, yes. God's ministering tonight. But are you willing to let him do what he wants to do? Keep praying tonight. Keep praying. Keep praying. Three weeks ago, I received a call from a man in my church. I was traveling. He said, Pastor, pray for me. They just found a mass in my kidney, two inches by two inches. Immediately, we began to pray and concerned about what was going on in his life. Within three days or four days, they decided to go in with surgery and remove his kidney out of his body. This is no small operation. But there was something that somebody made a decision. We can't treat it anymore. We can't play with it. We can't just remove a little bit of it. Everything's got to go. I feel like somebody tonight needs to make up their mind. I'm willing, God. It's got to go. I'm not playing with it anymore. Come on, I'm not just playing around the edges anymore. There's got to be something that you say, God, I'm willing. Take it out of my life. I surrender it to you, Jesus. I give it to you, Jesus. Come on, everything. But you don't know what it cost me, Brother McKillop. You don't know what it means to me, Brother McKillop. You don't know what I paid for this, Pastor. You don't understand. No, I don't. But it's your life. It's your life. It's your life. Come on. God, take it away. Nevertheless, nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Come on. 